Welcome back to In the Outside with Vincent Ramirez. Previously on part one of my interview with Thales Correa. Well, my name is Thales Correa. I'm a writer and director, and I was born and raised in Brazil. I'm from like a, like a farm family. I lived in Ireland for like almost a year learning English. I don't know. I just thought that it was a good country to try. Because I've always liked to just do this. I just didn't know how to go about it. Uh, I'm very confident about my sexuality and so much that I did a movie called Bathroom Stalls in Parking Lot. And now, part two of my interview with Thales Correa. Well, I thought the film was really interesting from a lot of, you know, just different perspectives. I mean, you get um, the story of Leo. Um, he's this uh, guy that's really, you know, trying to connect with this other person that he's, you know, had a somewhat physical relationship with. But kind of at the same time, um, you kind of get this uh, exposure of like different relationship dynamics. Um, and you start really, you know, seeing the perspective of Leo who's looking for something other than just the physical side of things. He's wanting to have a relationship with this person. And, and then you start to really kind of wonder if it maybe he's just looking for love in the wrong places or just, you know, or expecting it from the wrong, you know, type of person. And then you have um, the other side that I was kind of, I think, in my head when I was watching the film was, uh, is Leo just maybe infatuated? Maybe he's just, um, you know, just easily falls in love um, and, and is just kind of, you know, you know, desperate a little bit from that perspective of finding that connection with someone. Or you get this other uh, perspective of a relationship uh, between him and, and his friends. Um, you know, they're hanging out with this one guy that is, I guess, uh, maybe, you know, supposed to be straight, but maybe kind of like questioning himself. Um, and then you get the the other friend, I think it's, uh, I can't remember, is, it starts with a T, a Toda. Toda. Yeah, <laughs> Toda. And, um, and, and how their, their, their friendship kind of plays out. Um, and I think at one point uh, he says something like along the lines of, um, he's a, you know, like a, a Something like I'm a bear trapped in a you know Asian twink's body or something like that, and so. Um, oh, he, yeah, he's like a, um, a smooth Asian twink trapped inside a Brazilian bear's body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he said. That was <laughs> that's that's pretty pretty accurate description of it's, I think how portray that character. <laughs> it's very good you brought that up because um, because like we. One of the reasons we, we want to do this film is because, like, we want to uh, bring topics that me and my friend, we talk about it, you know what I mean? And, like, why the, the reason why he said that, um, so basically what, what happened on the scene, they're discussing how, um, they're discussing about being masculine and being feminine. And this character that we're talking about is is, is my, uh, is, is a friend of Leo, his, his name in the movie is Kidani. And... And then he's just telling to the, you know, they're they're walking out of the club and they're talking about uh, how, uh, like, what we're going to do. Like, we need to find, you know, um, we need to find a place to go. Let's go to the after party. And and um, and then he's just tired saying that how he, he, he likes masculine guys like Hunter. Hunter is this character that. Uh, the claim that he's straight, but he ended up like messing around with those gay guys. And then Hunter keeps like cutting him off all the time. He's like, no, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. And then he says, why do you, why don't you just go for a masculine gay guy? There's a bunch of them here in Castro Street, you know? 
and then and then he says like most of this uh because every time i uh, most of those guys that are masculine they prefer uh a smooth asian twink and this in this character uh like very feminine that, that that wears nail polish and is very feminine and and this guy is very feminine but he's bearded and a big guy and, and hairy nothing like a like the way he sees you know what those guys prefer and then that's why he's like you know what i feel like i am as moving to ink inside but i'm just trapped inside a brazilian bear's body that's pretty much what happened and then the thing is i mean we're just playing along with stereotypes here those are type of talks that me and my friend uh talk on on, on bars and and you know when we're talking about guys and was like that's like my he i wrote this cream play with um with uh with easy Palazzini, which is uh the guy who plays Donnie. And yeah, and then he him and I we, we were the one this film has a lot of base on reality, obviously. No, yeah, I was gonna ask you, I mean, how much was it um, you know, created or developed from your own, you know, personal life or from your own experiences? I was really wondering that. Everything is derived from our personal experience. It was just it was just built in the way that has some dramatic uh, effect, like that. You know, we just like made a plot that works on a cinema format and in a screenwriting uh, process. But like the you know order of events and names and stuff like that. But like, um, I dated a guy called Tora, who. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who who's been uh hooking up with me for a year and we always uh and, a, and every time that we met it was only in the bedroom but it was really loving me he was it was, and then i would just stay overnight and but like he would never i would never meet him outside the bedroom that's how the concept of this thing came about because uh it was like a thing that i would talk to my friend all the time it's like i don't know what's happening <laughs> like because why why would he stream stream me along for that much of time? Yeah, right. And yeah. also he would say stuff that would deceive me. You know, he would tell that he likes me, and that he we would do this and that. And then time would pass, and I and I'm being confused. And we're just like, oh, let me maybe I need to play a game that I don't know how to play. You know, and maybe I I should give his time. I don't know. I was maybe being stupid, but. <laughs> But like there was this thing, and I remember there was one day that he left the the city, and he was like with his family, so we could not meet. He would text me and calling me nonstop. That made me believe like, uh, whoa, we're we're you know, I mean something more special than just why would you be calling me when you're on a trip, sending me hearts emojis and stuff like that. But then, you know, I just move on with my life. And a year later, he was still doing the same thing. And I was still single and I was still falling for that thing. And then that's how we wrote Fat from Starting Parking Lot. Funny thing is, like, some of the texts that we see on the on the movie, there's some scenes that we show him texting his guy. And we see a little bit the content of the text. And it was taken from my... <laughs> my real conversations with him so like uh, oh okay yeah so we were we were, we were inspired by that um 
hopefully he does he even know about no, the film no, no. i mean does We're he, has he heard about it or seen it to hear that uh i mean if my film blows up to the point that reaches him i'm good <laughs> like if his thumb was by this by mistake that'll be bad but anyway i just watch the film it's going to be one click more that i'll get i don't care <laughs> oh wow but, so um, this is really i mean really truly based on one of your own personal experiences in your life yeah and here's the thing like you know movie is perspective you know everything is a perspective this is my film the way i was interpreting our situation and then i yeah you know, I made the film and ended up being that way. Like, I'm not, I, I don't want to give him a hard time in terms of, like, he might have his own reasons. He probably, if he does a film like that, he's probably, I'm going to be the villain. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows, you know? It's just like, it, it, and to be honest, it was very liberating to be able to put that into art and and, and, and put, you know, take this story out and, and, and roll with it and make fun and laugh about it. Because, uh, because honestly, it was really heartbreaking for me. Like we even have scenes that kind of mm -hmm. demonstrate that, like uh, some things that I I try to kind of like portray the emotion that make me feel a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but but like in the end of the day, it's a movie about like a major heartbreak, you know, in the world of 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 dating yeah. apps where everybody treat everyone as disposable items, you know? Yeah, because in theory, there's there's could be something else better out there. And and at some point in the film, you, you even talk about that. You know, if you don't give that person a chance to, you know, just kind of explore things and see where things go and the potential that, that they might have, then you're always going to be looking for that next best thing. And I think that's really a true, yeah. especially like in, especially with like social media and I imagine these just dating apps, you know, there's just this constant exposure to this constant exposure to this pick of people and and you might make connections with some people on physical level and you might make connections with people and an emotional you know level and and people are also at different places in their lives and there's people that are just looking for just that physical you know one night stand and and there's some people that are probably really in looking and wanting to invest in relationships. So I think it makes it really tricky. Yeah. I think it gets, it gets bad when somebody tries to deceive the other for their own benefit. For for example, yeah. um, I'm dating, I meet somebody on the dating app. We just go hook up, nothing serious. And and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and we also argue that on the film, like, but if you start, like, bringing this person along and telling that you like them, it's, gay is straight. Like, straight guys do a lot a lot of that with, with girls. Like, oh, try to tell that I love yeah. you, I love you. But actually, they just want sex. And then, and then they treat that person really badly, but it still keeps saying, they're like, oh, I'm sorry I had a bad day or whatever. But she just keeps stringing them along. And, and the person believing uh that you know like oh no he really likes me he really likes me um and and then in the end somebody's gonna get a heartbreak because because you know definitely that that's where i think it gets wrong there if if everybody's on the same page we're like hey you know what uh, like yeah man, let's just have this and and that's fine but like if you know that somebody's liking you more than like don't don't 
tell that you don't tell you like somebody if you don't like why would you yeah i mean i i mean i definitely think i can relate to that uh especially you know when i was a lot younger and it can be a really difficult road to navigate especially with uh if you don't have those things that just keep you grounded and yeah i mean especially just keeping those things in check and just um um you know making sure that I understand what my expectations are and what that other person's expectations are and being able to have just that kind of conversation. So, yeah, I mean, it definitely can be a, a difficult road to navigate. Yeah. If I, if I see somebody and I realize they're really liking me and I'm not that into, like, if I know that there's, there's no future and this person is like, oh, like, really try, I try to be really careful and, and, and I'm not going to use that person. Like, oh, this is the person that I can use to do whatever I want. Um, I don't know. I think that's kind of mean, and, and and that happens a lot. And I think that's 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 what Leo goes through. You know what I mean? He's he's yeah. really believing this guy likes him, but but in the end of the day, he's just stringing him along so he can, you know, have like a booty call whenever he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, how long did you all uh, work on the film? What was the production like for that? It was it was a relatively quick process. We start writing on. Uh, December of uh, 2017, I guess. Yeah. The, the, okay. And then we start writing in the first week of 2018, and then we were ready on flat like on April, like two, three oh, months wow. later. And yeah, and then we we had to go back shoot a little bit more, and and then we wrapped, and then we have like a a rough cut like in June. So like in the six months, we have like a rough cut. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, we start working on, uh, after rough cut, we start working on, 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 on other post-production stuff. Like uh, the colorist, you mentioned the color. We had, we were fortunate enough to work with uh, this colorist called Edo Brizio. He colored mm-hmm. like big films like uh, Kong, Skull Island, and the exorcism, like he, he, he's a really big colorist here. And then he ended up coming on board and doing the color grading of the film. And, oh, wow. and then, um, and also, uh, that's how we're starting. Cause like film happens in a lot of, um, nightclubs. So we have a lot of music in it. And, yeah. and then we, I, I edit the film also, so when I edit, I put a lot of temp tracks, like temporary tracks, in order for you to, you know, know how, what type of music, how you're gonna use the music, but you you cannot actually use those music because uh, it was most of the times copyrighted. So I when I when I finished the cut and the color, we're like, oh, now we need to figure out the music, and that that's how we decided to create this uh, original soundtrack. Now I mentioned the beginning of the interview. I mentioned Britney Spears as being my English yeah. teacher. <laughs> <laughs> so we're walking around saying, "Oops, I did it again." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I lo- I love music in general and pop music mm-hmm. and electronic. Like I love you know music in general. I, lo- I love trash music. I love to listen to what's being released now and stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, I'm I'm that kind of Madonna fan that likes the latest album. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Like most of the Madonna fans just like the the classics. Like I like her latest releases. Like I always like to hear what's next and stuff. So I had this playlist when I was editing, 
when I was writing, I already started building a playlist. That's how music has a big part in my life. Like I was like writing this screenplay and some scenes, I was like, oh, I can see the mood of the scene, like a little bit of this music. And then I would send to easy record writers to check it out. You know, we can do like this and then play this type of song. So when I was editing, um, oh, by the way, like now that I'm mentioning, uh, we were watching this series called Search Party. Okay. Yeah. While we were writing this, and it was a tiny playing show for us because we loved the way the storyline was built and and the music they used there. Yeah. And yeah. then like I took a lot from their music choices, uh, from Search Party, uh, from PBS. It's not like a, a very well known series, but it's amazing. Yeah. No, I've seen the. Um, I watched the first season. Um, and I didn't get to finish watching the the second. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Did you like it? Oh yeah, no, I loved it. It was a. Uh, I feel really bad because I just haven't had a chance to sit down and 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 finish the second season. Uh, I did start, I think, at the first part, but I haven't finished the season yet. So yeah, with Aliyah Shawkat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The main character, yes. That yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. But like, uh, yeah. So like, I was making this playlist. You know, like while I was writing the script and and, and, and producing the film. So before I decide, I, I was like, you know what, before I, because uh, I, before I make any decision about the music of the film, I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to try to get the rights of the music that I have here. Because, you know, you, I'm already like attached for a long time. Uh, so let's just yeah. give it a shot. And then I start getting in touch with everybody that I use and the, the that I use the music. And I ended up finding out that it's like a, it's like a nightmare to get licensed. You yeah. know, it's very expensive. And, yeah, and yeah. people don't want to deal with you, especially if you're a beginner. <laughs> they don't even respond to your emails. And then they want, there was like some music that won more than the budget of my own film. I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> 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 and then they have no idea and then and then there was this um and then i started getting in touch with the artists in person because a lot of the music's on my list uh i use a lot i i i listen to this radio called uh above and beyond group therapy which is it's like electronic house progressive okay. friends like when yeah. i'm working it's like it's very or working out like and there's like a lot of new fresh music there Mm-hmm. And I saved a lot of them. And then one of the tracks that I saved was called For You by Senke. Uh-huh. And then I just save every, I didn't even know who the people are. I just keep saving out like this, like that, and download and put on my uh, iPod. I still have an iPod, by the way. You know, those oh, old wow. ones <laughs> nice. that you download. Yeah, I, still, I, I, had, I had one like way back in Ireland like that. That had like I don't know uh, sixty gigs like I don't know how much space infinite space I still use it it's, it's good because you don't need <laughs> my gym doesn't have service I can just like yeah you, you don't know. have to worry about it being empty during your workout I mean yeah yeah it's good yeah. so so like I download the I, music I have there. my own I do use a small MP3 player also oh, yeah um, a little Sansa <laughs> yeah yeah so I put new music on it all the time and. I use it when I work out and I could just, yeah, I don't have to worry about being disrupted by my phone. So yeah, it works out real good. <laughs> so I, I totally get that. Yeah, no, I like it. Pod, podcast, yeah, iPods are amazing. I'm pretty sure like a lot of people in generation, like like the young generation now, they didn't know what an iPod is. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, 
some of the new millennials coming in like what is an ipod yeah. Uh, but anyway, like one of these uh, songs that I was listening was from. Um, well, my point in bringing that up because, like, I was had I used to have a lot of music that I didn't even know who, who they sing on my uh, on my iPod, you know. Mm-hmm. And and Same K was one of them. And then I was going on the list of um, of people who I was asking permission for. I have this uh, girl who was helping me, like. Uh, get music license and she was giving me all of the insights like oh this you know this music here the label is owned by two three labels you gotta get in touch with this this that mm-hmm. and then and then I, I you know they have the list and all the music that i used and then it's like the same case here his real name is dimitri semi king and then in, and then who owns is anjuna beats and blah 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 like all those european labels and then you gotta get in touch with all of them and then i was thinking who is this guy? And I'm just going to start researching. And there yeah. was like a very cute picture of him on Facebook. <laughs> no. I was like, I'm going to add this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then I add him on Facebook. And then, and then I'm like, and then I know a lot of those guys, they're, 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 they're not very big. They're like, they do, they're yeah. very talented. They, they, they have those labels, those big labels behind it. But there's still no, and then he he's from Russia, oh, uh, wow. same K. And then, and then I was like, uh, and then in my mind I was like, he did. I'm gonna tell him like how awesome would it be for like a DJ that is starting right now to be featured on on a film, you know? Even right. though it was like a small film, it's still it's still like a diff, like a different thing for them. I yeah. thought you, I thought they would see the advantage of that. Yeah. And yeah. and I had him on Facebook, and he was like so so nice, and then. And I sent him the scene, <laughs> and he's from Russia. I was like, I'm giving like a blind shot here. Like I'm gonna show like a gay film scene with his own music on. Oh wow! And by my surprise, he loved it. And then he said, like I've always wanted to write uh, music for film. Wow. I was like, let's do it, dude. <laughs> and then, wow. And then, but then, but then I asked. I, I, initially, I was asking for his song. I was like, oh, can you give me rights for that song for you? Mm-hmm. And then, like, check it out. I used it on the scene, and he's like, "Oh, that looks awesome!" But like, who owns the rights? Is the label so so and so? And then, like, like he he couldn't do anything because the label owns it. And, oh. and then he said, "Like, but I love your film, and I would love to write original tracks." I was like, "You're gonna write an album for?" And then that's it. And then since then, we started arranging to write an album. And I got really excited because it was happening in the world that I love. Yeah. Uh, with a guy that I thought was very talented. He was excited to be uh on the project and and then and then I thought it would be a great ad also for the film, you know? Um Yeah, yeah. Like like his my debut feature film is like a low budget but all, but it also comes with a original soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And you've been um you've been promoting it as well, uh, along with the film and uh you sent me uh, the sample through uh, sample, uh, so you sent me some samples of it through uh, Spotify, and uh, it's definitely really uh, fits the mood of the film. I think it you know really complemented the film when I actually watched it. I recognized some of the tracks, and um, it's definitely the type of music that I think that you would you know hear in a club, or yeah. um, I think it fit the tone of the movie really really well. So, so that's pretty crazy that you made this connection with this DJ that was. 
um, and the other side of the world for you. From Russia, twelve hours apart from LA, we were working wow. directly from. It was crazy, and uh, yeah, it's on Spotify. Whoever's listening, you you want to check it out? Just go to Spotify, type "Bathroom Stalls and Parking Lots" is the name of the album, and the artist is same K S A and E and K. Um, but but yeah, um, it was crazy. It was the 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 thing that. Well, I was determined to do that because I was like, at first I was like, it's going to be an amazing opportunity because we're, we're building something fresh and something original because yeah. the, the other alternative is like, I, I cannot pay license. Uh, and also, you know what I mean? And, and also there's like a, a lot of people do film and they grab a library, like something that people sell and that will be other resources. But I just feel that, uh, is way more uh, interesting to create something new and yeah. and and put and then and then the songs are are about the film like is is written uh, with the storyline of the film you know we have summer night that's how I like it and I won't deny you know I like it and I won't deny that talks a little bit about the character Hunter that doesn't you know that doesn't come out every time and but he still plays a little bit. You know, then we have already home. I'm already home. I'm already home. I'm already home. And don't ghost me. Like we have a song called yeah. Don't Ghost Me. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Intimacy, I think, is one of the other tracks that I heard. Yeah, and it was amazing. And the thing about Saint K is like he's such a sweet guy. Is this straight, by the way? Whoever's looking him up, like just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 how amazing is that? Like this straight guy from Russia, uh, just partnered up with this gay Brazilian dude in LA to <laughs> 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 do a soundtrack for yeah. for LGBTQ film. Uh, yeah. And he's so talented, so hard worker, so nice. Like this. Um, uh, you know the the sexuality was never an issue for him. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. about. We have queer art, like big queer artists, like Diamond on the track. Diamond Diamond Meat is this queer artist that did music with Silo Green, mm-hmm. and he's uh, this um, non-conforming uh, type of gender. Okay. And and then he was with a very powerful voice. And so it was really, in the song it's called Back There, which is a little double meaning of, mm-hmm. of you know, of love and sex, if you will. Yeah. But um, so the, the daring album, the daring music, like like the way the film is presented. And like you have this guy from, from Russia, uh, in Russia, in a small town in Russia, produced this album with us it was it was amazing it was very special yeah that is awesome very very cool bathroom stalls and parking lots available on spotify for streaming 
Yeah. Now, you also contributed to writing and creating the lyrics for some of the songs. Is that correct? I wrote most of the, I wrote seven lyrics of the album. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, we have 10 tracks there. And yeah, so most of it. Um, a song called You and Me, The Same Page Did Alone, and then Already Home with Terrell Carter. By the way, Terrell Carter is this amazing singer. He's very talented, very, very good. He's also from out from the LGBT community. He plays a character on the series Empire from Fox. Okay. So, oh wow. So he's yeah he's, he's he has a character there, and then he's, he also sings on the show. You can look him up. He's awesome, Terrell. <laughs> and he did his song he wrote his song it's called already home on our album so he wrote and sang his song uh, which is really good it's that song for you uh, for whoever watched the movie <laughs> like the, the when when leo finds out and starts like following toda outside the club and he finds out okay. like, what he's looking for is not quite what to expect and then you know, that's like that chase song it's a different song i like it yeah. and then awesome. what else oh we have um, the club banger called don't belong which okay. was written by the singer ingmar prince which is another fellow brazilian um he and, and it's funny because this song don't belong uh he's also straight and and it, and it, it, it touches a lot about you know don't belong and not feeling that you belong in the middle of a crowd of people it can it can be very um, you know it, it can be the, the theme can be related to uh, coming out and not being accepted but it, it's all yeah. straight so it, it's interesting like how like everybody came on board on this project yeah, talking yeah. about you know LGBT uh, Q uh, issues, but even straight people came to collaborate. Yeah, you had such an interesting mix and dynamic with this uh, with this film and writing and directing, acting, um, music producing. I mean, you really yeah invested a lot into this film, and I think it shows. I think it Thank shows you. in a lot of different ways. Uh, you're a very, uh, very multi-talented individual. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I can only imagine the work and time that you spent, you know, working on this film and working on all the different pieces of it. Um, and I was wondering about, like, when it's final release, because I think you had sent the um, um, music information to, or the music uh, samples to me first. And so I wasn't quite sure where, uh, when the film would be released and what the timeline of those kind of things would look like. Oh, you didn't you didn't know you didn't you didn't know it was ready? Well, didn't quite know. I think you had just been posting about maybe some of the some sample or you had been posting with the previews, and then you sent me the music. So I wasn't quite sure of like your distribution plans. Yeah, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people get confused. Well, usually when films uh, release an album, they release with the film. Or, or, or after the film is released, and I did the opposite. I released the album first. Um, yeah, and and I think the music can even because um, I think I listened to the music before or looked at the album. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I listened to the music before I watched the film. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it was uh, 
I definitely was like, oh, I recognize this music in this movie, you know? So there was a little bit of familiarity that was kind of uh, uh, almost comforting yeah, from, yeah, a, that, from a, a viewer standpoint. Yeah, I wanted, that, that's exactly what, what, what I wanted to happen. I wanted, I wanted, because I still think that, that there's that, that thing about like, oh, you're going to be in the world of the film. But also we did such a realistic film that, that like knowing the music beforehand and then you watch the film, it, it reinforces the the connection to reality that the the movie is trying to make, and and also I like I love watching a film and then it plays a song that you like and then you know like like you give that reaction that you just give like oh I know that song <laughs> like is it and it is a is a feeling that I was trying to achieve on the film trip. Stay tuned for part three of my interview with Alice Correa. And don't forget to subscribe to any outside podcast and share it with all of your friends. Like growing up in Brazil, Brazil is like a, a different country when it comes to sexuality. So like when I was growing up, um, I experimented a lot, even with, with, with friends in college. And the funny thing is that like, even though we experimented between boys, we consider ourselves virgins. I, I felt that it was like a, a common uh, path for everybody. Like, oh, we, we, we might experiment here, but like there's a certain age that you've got to start getting girls.